It's a top selector. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. I know you're gonna dig this. Yeah. 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 Chrome hard set to Caesar's Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K bar, you could be established. A 230s, that's 69. And it is a special Tuesday edition of Mano Amano Live. With the one and only K.O. Kenny. The real K.O. Kenny. All on the table, Kenny. It's all on the table on all streaming platforms. And, of course, it's all on the table for a lot of these fighters in boxing. And we're going to get into that, Kenny. Special Tuesday edition. We didn't do it live for July 4th. So, first off, how was your July 4th weekend, fam? You know, real smooth, can't complain. Got a little sun in. Chill shit, you know? Nothing crazy. But I'm, I'm glad we back, though. No, I'm super happy we're back. Super happy we're back. And I want to shout out everybody that's up in here. Neil Simpson, okay? We got Modern King Boxing, and we got the one and only Virtuoso joining us as well. All right, so I know, it was, I know it was a big weekend for you, Kenny, you know, July 4th and all, but were you able to check out some of the action that happened? All right, we I, go yeah, ahead. My, my fault. I, I caught some replays. I didn't catch anything live, man. All right, so I, I did a few rundowns over the weekend. Everybody, by the way, I'm going live every day because this is my Astro summer. All right, you got to make sure you're checking me out for all of the news, okay, in the sport of boxing. Courtesy of Boxing Scene, my news source that I've been pumping out content with, okay? So, look, we, we had Opetaya taking out Bredis, okay? Uh, it was a brutal fight, all right? Uh, Bredis was busted up. Opetaya was busted up. And uh, Opetaya actually ended, ended the fight with, like, a broken jaw. Couldn't even talk to the world. But uh, he got that win. It was uh, somewhat of an upset. Uh, Jai Opataya, a tremendous amateur background, youngest Olympic uh, athlete, period, in any sport out of Australia uh, when he represented them in boxing, okay? Uh, he did his thing in his hometown fight in the Gold Coast in Australia. He won the IBF title from Maris Bradis. And Kenny, there's no disrespect to Maris Bradis, right? But... I wasn't too impressed with him calling out Jake Paul, a guy with five fights. I mean, he was the, by by most people's estimation, Kenny, he was supposed to be the man at the cruiserweight division. All right. Am, am, I, am I off base here thinking that it was a little bit of this when he was calling out Jake Paul? <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that's, that was my reaction. And then he shows up to London to do work with Lawrence Acoli. All right, dressed up as Super Mario. I don't know if you saw that. All right, am, am I over? Is it over the top that my reaction was? <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't. In, I wasn't impressed with that. He was very inactive, and then he ended up losing. Any surprise, Kenny, to find out that Morris Bradis was no longer the IBF cruiserweight champion of the world? 
Nah, man. You used to tell me tell me how much you used to like those antics, bro. You, you told me you was a big fan of Mario. <laughs> I mean, I was a fan of his, but not of those antics. Nah, fuck it around. But yeah, man, that Jake Paul call out that was all about money. You know, more eyes on you, more fans. The bigger the chances of becoming a pay per view star. Yada yada. But no, I'm not surprised. It is what it is. A lot of clown shit. Uh, was happening. In front of the cameras, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of cloud shit happening during training and shit like that. It is what it is. Well, there you go. And, and look, there was another fight, okay, this past Saturday. Now, big Frank, Frank Warren, he put on a big show out there in London, Kenny. All right, and, and I don't know, maybe I'm off base, but but he, he the, the man reminds me of this. <laughs> Chugga, 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 choo, choo. Joe the juggernaut Joyce, Kenny. The jab, the constant forward movement. Were you impressed with his win over Christian Hammer? Definitely not. Definitely not. Why not, Kenny? Christian Hammer. That's why. And he got hit with quite a few big shots, too. Uh, I've never been impressed. With Joe Joyce. Not even when he beat Daniel Dubois. I'd like to see that rematch. Daniel Dubois, change, I think he will change that style of a little bit. And I think he'll win if he, there was a rematch. I'm not a fan of Joe Joyce's. I'm sorry to tell you. And I'm here to tell you that I was not impressed. It's a fight that he should have won. And it's a fight that he should have won by knockout. And he did get hit with quite a few big shots. Which he probably shouldn't have gotten hit with. He needs to work on that defense. Anybody, anybody who goes in there with a great gas tank uh, looking to box instead of uh, looking for a knockout is uh, 100% going to be Joe Joyce. That's exactly why Usyk whooped them back back in the day. Well, Kenny, I, I don't know if you saw what I saw on Saturday, okay? AJ was out there saying he looked like Ali during the Usyk fight, Okay. Is this not Ali-esque, brother? I mean, is this not Ali-esque over here? And I'm talking about Joe the Juggernaut Joyce. As Wembley Arena prepares to welcome the Juggernaut. Look at those dance skills, Kenny. stupid looking haircut, man. Fluid the movement. I mean, come on, man. Give it up to Joe Joyce, Kenny. Ding the bell for Joe Joyce. <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm little alley, little Joe Joyce alley shuffle over there. I know, but in all seriousness, look, I've been saying it for a while. I think Joe Joyce causes a lot of problems for people in the heavyweight division. Okay? He's got a chin. He's got tremendous cardio, okay? He actually seems like he gets better round after round, whereas the guys he fight lose momentum, lose fitness round after round. It's very difficult to keep up with a guy like that who's got a really good uh, aerobic capacity, who can keep moving forward, who can take a punch, and quite frankly, who also does a lot of good work to the body. Now, I understand he gets hit a little bit more than a lot of people would like to see him get hit. I understand that. Okay. I understand that. But 
uh, I still think he's a big problem for anybody in the heavyweight division. I'm going to give you a name right now, and I want you to tell me, is he a big problem for this person, yes or no? You ready? Go for it. Deontay the Bronze Bomber Wilder. Yes or no, is Joe Joyce a problem? You know what's funny, man? I had that right in my head, too. Deontay Wilder, that's that's a great matchup. Can be. He can definitely be a problem. It it depends. It depends how good that chin really is because he gets rocked a hell of a lot, and he's just going to be there eating Deontay Wilder punches. He's not going to be defending or moving out the way. No, no. He's going to be eating flush Deontay Wilder punches. So I don't know. It depends because, look, we all, we all sit, know that Deontay Wilder doesn't have an amazing gas tank and doesn't have great boxing ability. Two things that Joe Joyce beats him in, and that could prove to be a big problem. We, it, it, Deontay Wilder could get knocked out again. You, you, you never know. Like, like. The juggernaut, Joe Joyce. The juggernaut. I- Station stop number two, Kenny. AJ Anthony Joshua is he a problem for AJ? He is a potential problem as well, but I got AJ winning that one as well. Let's stop it! I got AJ winning that one as well as he beat him before too. Let's go. He well, he, he didn't he didn't beat him in the pros. No, he right? Will. He, he, he will. will. So so the, so the Joy Joyce train stops at that stop, Kenny at, at the. At, at the AJ stop, or does it keep chugging along? Oh, it didn't chug past Deontay Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Kenny just Kenny just put the brakes on the joy. Because I was going to ask you if Joe Joyce is a problem for Alexander Usyk. Definitely not. Definitely not? Everything that I mentioned earlier yeah. about uh, an opponent that has a great gas tank, that can has a great boxing ability, Usyk has all of that and a great chin. There's no way. Look, I'll put all my money that Usyk beats Joe Joyce, hands down. I'm, I'm 100% sure of that. Okay. That's, very, that's a very bold statement. So... You know, Modern King is saying we need to slow the roll. I guess that's the end of the Joe Joyce train. It stops at Usyk, or does it stop at Joshua? Or does it stop at at Wilder? I I think I he's a, think I think he's, he's a problem, going, bro. I think he's a problem for everybody in the division, with the exception of the Gypsy King Tyson Fury. I think everybody else that that six foot six, right? That that juggernaut style, that cardio that he's got. That ability to take a punch, I, I think I think he's a problem. But here's what I will say: they need to move quickly with Joe Joe Joyce because he's already 37 years old, right? Uh, and, and he he needs he needs to get moved into t- into the title uh, picture pretty quickly. I mean, he's a number one contender with the WBO. I believe he's number two behind Wilder with the WBC. So he's got he's got to get things moving. He uh, he really does. He really does. So look, uh, Kenny, it was a pretty big uh, day today. 
when it came to press conferences. All right. Um, I don't know whether you were where I was in anticipation of this fight, but I was actually very much looking forward to this fight. I was saying earlier, people laughed at me. It's okay. People like to laugh at me. It's okay. When I said that this was the female fight I was looking forward to the most. Now, they had a press conference today to announce this fight, right? The trailer for this fight dropped. I'm talking about Clarissa Shields defending her three belts against Savannah Marshall's one belt for the undisputed women's middleweight championship of the world. Right. And I don't know if you've seen this, Kenny. So I just want to do a little quick Kenny's reacts. And let me see if you're a little bit excited for this fight. Yeah, she calls herself the Gwot. After I beat her, she can start calling me the Gwot, can't she? I am the greatest woman of all time. She's always been creeping about in the background for me. The girl that I want is the girl Marshall. That's why I'm here. I know Clarissa can't handle my power. I think I've got the power to knock anyone out. I've punched too hard for Clarissa Shields. She doesn't want to know. The kidology, the mind games. I'm not scared because that's why I'm here. I can't wait. There you go, Kenny. Uh, my favorite part of that was when they announced Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall pretended to be sleeping. I don't know if you caught that. But the bad blood is real. And what I will say about this fight is that when it comes to females, Peter Fury actually put this thought in my head, and I agreed with him. The middleweight division is like the heavyweight division, but for females. Because, you know, let's face facts, women aren't as big as men. And when you're talking about a 160-pound woman who's an elite athlete, that's essentially the the the, the heavyweight division in female boxing. Uh, there's a reason we don't hear much about the women's heavyweight division, because there's not really anybody up there or the women's cruiserweight division or even the women's light heavyweight division. This is essentially the women's heavyweight championship of the world. So I want I want to know, Kenny, am I am I tripping or or are you somewhat as excited about this fight as I am, especially compared to Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano? I mean, you're definitely not tripping. I, I, I mean, I was excited for Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano as well. I'm excited for this one. And the undercard is uh, Bob Gardner and uh, Michaela Mayer. It's gonna Absolutely. Be, and they're, they're talking about stacking it with cards. They, look, women's boxing is doing some things this year, bro. Some some major uh, women boxing fights. I think, well, no, they said this is going to be free, right? It's going to be on free TV. It's on, it's on regular Sky. So it would be oh, like man. if it was on Showtime or on HBO, but in England. It's not on pay-per-view. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. It's it's huge. It's going to get them huge viewership. And I think they're steering women's boxing in the right direction. Two huge fights uh, on the same card. And I'm super excited to see if there is going to be a knockout. Because they both don't like each other. And they both talking the most smack. 
the smoke is there. I want to see if, if uh, Savannah Marshall is going to have that power and that loss and the amateurs, amateurs means anything. Or uh, if uh, Clarissa Shields is going to come in and show that she has power because she hasn't shown in her uh, pro career that she has power. Let's see if she does show it in this fight. Or if it's going to be the boxing ability in a 10-round fight victory. Are they even discussing if it's gonna? They're gonna do a twelve minutes, three rounds? Probably not. It's gonna. They it's to gonna. They, they asked Michaela Mayer about that. They also. They. I didn't hear them ask the, the two people in the main event that. But no, it's gonna be the ten rounds, two minute rounds. Um, virtuoso salute. He says, with all due respect to Clarissa Shields, but she can't be the quote by collecting vacant titles. I don't make the rules. I'm just stating facts. Well, look. I, I, I got to see how she does in this fight, man, because I understand it was the amateurs, but Marshall was the last person to beat her. And Marshall has been knocking people out. You saw in, in, that, in, that, in that trailer there, Kenny, she literally knocked a woman out and then was looking right in the audience talking smack right at Clarissa Shields. Right? And after that fight, Clarissa Shields got up by the side of the ring and then was talking like right with her face to face. Very excited. And honestly, the women are ready for this. Here's some footage from this afternoon's or this morning for us afternoon in the UK press conference. No, not at all. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Clarissa Shields. What she's done for the sport is amazing. She's a uh, pioneer for the sport. But the reality is she doesn't beat me. She, she didn't perform. And she won. Clarissa didn't like that. You could see. And again, and that's what it is. And it kills her. Look, look, look. Absolutely burns inside. It burns inside. The fact that I beat you and I'll beat you again. It burns inside of you that I got two Olympic gold medals and you have zero. That's why you kept begging for the fight. That's why you, oh, I can beat her. What else have you done to sell yourself? What else have you done in your career besides brag about beating me 10 years ago? I've knocked out people you went 10 rounds with. No one you fought was elite. You are? No one you fought was elite. They were but good. We boxed the same people. Hannah Rankin was your best opponent. Who else was your best opponent? Name them. I'm not saying that. We've boxed the same people. They didn't go the distance for me, but they you skipped out the ring with you. You fought against three years after I they fought against out, her. They skipped out the ring with you. Yeah, and you haven't improved. Who haven't improved? You haven't improved since Femcare? Please, stop. You declined 2012. That's why you never won nothing else after. And I'm glad I did. No world championship. All this no gold Olympic gold medal. Years ago. One belt. All this gold rubbish would have been over. I got, I was in late I got five belts over there. You got one. Yeah, it'll soon be over, yeah? It'll soon be over, please. You, you're not going to beat me. You're not going to beat me. I'm just going to beat you. I'm going to outbox you. I'm going to gonna outbox me or knock me out. Pick one. I'm going to hurt you. And I'm going to outbox you. There's two for you. Mm-hmm. You're not going to knock me out. And you're not going to beat me. I'm going to hurt you. And I'm going to outbox you. The accent is so dope. I'm going to hurt you. She's got a Northern England accent. Uh, she's, from, she's from the, sorry, from the, I believe the Newcastle area. But come on, man. I mean, we're be, that that is set up right there. Uh, for for what should be an epic night of boxing. Like, I'm very much looking forward to this main event. And I have been for a while. But, Kenny, give me give me some reactions to, to that press conference. What, what did you see? What did you like? Anything you didn't like? No, nah, I mean, uh, it, you could see that it's real. Uh, they both definitely don't like each other. The smack that they're talking gets under the other person's skin. They interrupt each other. 
you know, the smoke is real. It's not make-believe. Um, and we do know what both fighters bring to the table. I'm, I'm excited to see the fireworks come, in, come forward uh, fight day. Uh, I, I just don't know who I choose to win because, look, it's one person with knockout power and that has reach and length, right, versus one person who can really box and has really good defense. It, and it's too many rounds it's, it, and 10 rounds. It's difficult to decide in the, under those circumstances who I think is going to win. It can definitely be Clarissa Shields. And Clarissa Shields has a chin. It, who knows, though? Who knows, though? They say that she hasn't tasted that power. She Shields hasn't tasted that power. I mean, she's tough. I mean, you saw her go in the MMA and do her thing in there. Even in the law, she was battling, and she won one of her fights, too. Uh, Savannah Marshall's tough. And what I like, they, they're both looking really, really confident, right? They both are looking like they both believe, like, this is the fight for them, right? Uh, I, 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 li- I like it, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this fight. I'm really looking forward to this fight as much almost as I'm looking forward to any fight uh, in the remainder of 2022. And I want to get into that uh, with you in a moment, all right? But before we get into that, there are a couple fights all right, that I wanted to talk about moving ahead. All right. We've already just talked about this one. I'm really looking forward to this one. All right. But I got to ask you, Kenny, your thoughts on your boy. All right. I know you like him. I know you're a Del Boy fan. Del Boy Chisora is back at the O2 in England. Okay, uh, a lot of people thought he shouldn't continue fighting, Kenny. I was you, one of those. You, you were one of them. You, that's why I said your boy's back because you were concerned about his safety, right? You showed up with with the with the health and safety cap on, you know, the the, the hard hat, right? You you showed up with the safety goggles. You showed up with the high vi vest. You showed up with the clipboard and the stopwatch, right? Ready to take safety precautions all necessary to preserve Derek Delboy Chisora. But now he's fighting Kenny. He's at the O2, right? So the safety checks didn't 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 work out for you. Right. So my question is how are you feeling about Delboy Chisora going in against Pulov, a guy that beat him the first time that they that they fought? Uh what are your thoughts on Delboy and his chances going into this fight? Well, look, and this this is going to be one of those situations that I think history is going to repeat itself in. Uh, look, we all know that Derek Tesoro does not have a great gas tank. We all know he's gotten a, a lot older since the first time that he fought. We know that he hasn't improved his skill. He doesn't. He he since he's gotten older, he doesn't train to have a better gas tank. He trains to knock other fighters out. What was he not able to do in the first fight? He wasn't able to land significant enough punches in combination to knock Pulev out because Pulev is the taller, longer guy that fights on the outside for the most part. So if you ask me what I think is going to happen with everything that we know about Derek Tesora and how, although he has amazing heart, amazing pride in himself, and a hell of a lot of power, I think that we're going to see a 12-round defeat, a, a repeat of what exactly of what happened the first time around, a 12-round defeat, 
Pulev is going to win unless we have some type of miracle and Chisora knocks him out, with, hey, which we never know is the heavyweight division, and that would be amazing. I am excited for the fight, though. I'm excited to see a whole lot of the rough, rugged uh, beatdown coming to the body and the head and all the dirty punches and shit that's going to go down. No, it's going to be it's going to be a good fight. Uh, Pulev out of Bulgaria, the southern Slav Pulev. Uh, one thing I will say is he at least got some work in following the AJ loss. Right. He fought Jerry Forrest. Unanimous decision over 10 rounds. Pretty good fight. It was on Triller. I said this earlier on the breakdown with Base the Kid and Tony. Big up Tony P. All right, who I recently found out is a member of the fellow teaching fraternity. All right. I don't know about Chisora, though. I mean, Chisora is coming off of three straight losses, Kenny. Alexander Usyk, Joseph Parker, and Joseph Parker. I understand at least the first two of those three losses were relatively close fights, but he got comprehensively beat by Joseph Parker. So much so that People like you and many others were concerned for his safety moving forward and essentially calling for him to just retire and thanking him for his service to the game. But he's back. But I don't like this matchup for him. Pulev, again, the Southern Slav out of Bulgaria, even though he's 41 years old, it still showed that he's pretty much still got it. He also said he wasn't really physically prepared for the AJ fight. Whether or not that's true or not doesn't really matter in my analysis because He looked pretty sharp against Jerry Forrest. The jab, the movement, he is a very good technical boxer. He's a very good heavyweight. And he just found himself in an era with guys that are significantly bigger than him. But in a lot of other eras, I think Pula would have actually been even better than he is today. today. So I think that this is a little bit too much for Del Boy, especially coming off three losses. Um... I don't see him being able to do anything to Pulev that he wasn't able to do against Joe Parker. I'm I'm just not at this point, but I'm open to being surprised. I'd love to be surprised. I'd love to see a very competitive back and forth scrap. All right. Uh, and I know that it will be that for at least a time because Derek Chisor always brings it, but then he gets to a point where his cardio you know, can't keep up with his mental desire to keep pressing. And then he goes to the ropes. He tries to lay traps for you. He tries to sucker you in, you know, or he charges or he just rests and out of the blue just explodes on you. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's going to be enough against Pulev personally. Philly Drew Iris seems to think it will. All right. Um, and Mr. Riri, he says that he thinks that War Chisora would have done better than Tyson Fury than Dillian did. That That is possibly true because, you know, he Dillian really wasn't doing all that much against Fury, to be honest. But, you know, there's guys out here. Like I see Virtuoso, 50-50 fight. I see my brethren Smallsy, fellow teach, big up maestro Smallsy. He says Pulev's still a little too slick for, 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 uh, for Chisora. I agree. All right. And uh, Virtuoso says, Chisora has poor stamina, but Pulev is chinny. Yes, but chinny against who? Chinny against AJ getting caught clean? Chinny against Vladimir Klitschko, an elite, powerful puncher? I mean, there's chinny and then there's getting knocked out by those two guys. 
Any last thoughts on this fight, Kenny? Nah, I think you uh, nailed it, man. Look, Tesora, he got a lot of heart. He has a lot of pride. I love what he brings to the boxing ring. I thought he should have retired last fight. I think he's probably going to lose this fight by a 12-round decision. I don't see Pulev knocking him out. I don't see Pulev taking a risk, and, like, he doesn't have to. He's just going to outbox him for the entire 12 rounds. That's what I see happening. When Tesora does that little corner thing you said, try to reel him into the corner and act like he's weak, Pulev is not going to chase him into the corner. Why? He's going to be outboxing him and beating him. He's just going to wait for him in the middle of the ring. All right, whatever. And then he's going to come back and start jabbing him and hitting him with the straight again. It is what it is. There you go. So I got a question here from Mr. Riri. What are these blue spanners? Please explain to the new guy. Those are belts. All right. Judo belts, karate belts, taekwondo belts. Maestro gives out belts to members. All right. And every month that you're a member, you get a new color belt. All right. I got guys on their way to black belt right now. All right. So those are those are what those blue spanners are. They're belts. Okay. So if you're interested in supporting the channel, all right. It does go a long way. Right, literally everything I've ever received on YouTube gets reinvested right into content, whether it's covering fights live, whether it's getting some equipment, okay, or whether it's ordering pay-per-views like uh, Luis Ortiz, Charles Martin. Because, you know, I got to cover that because I get super chats and all that. So I got to watch these pay-per-views. I'll actually be watching Andy Ruiz and Luis Ortiz on pay-per-view because I have to. Okay, but anyhow... Yes, subscribe, hit the like button, hit that notification bell, subscribe to Kenny T. He's going to drop the link by the end of the channel. And it's in the description box of every video anyways. All right. And uh, yeah, support the channel. Moving on. We got another fight this weekend. This one's on Showtime, Kenny. I know you have Showtime, so no issues there. The WBC featherweight world champion, Mark Magsayo. The Filipino is going to be taking on Ray Vargas. Kenny, uh, Ray Vargas has been known to kind of stink out some fights every now and again. You know, box cautiously beyond the jab. You know, point style boxing. You know, kind of like when you used to watch points karate, you guys like, "Eh, eh, eh, and then I'm out of range. That's kind of what he does, but in the boxing ring. Does Mark McSayo under the tutelage of Freddie Roach, have what it takes. I know he beat Gary Russell. Apparently, Gary Russell was injured for that fight. Does Mark McSyle possess the skills to avoid being stunk out of the joint on Saturday night? Oh, man, I just I just saw highlights from both of them right before the show. I have to say, it's it's hard to tell you because... Maxayo is shorter. We're shorter each, uh, like by by a lot. Uh, Ray is five ten and a half, with a seventy something inch reach. Maxayo got a sixty eight inch reach, and and he's I think like five seven and a half or something along those lines. Uh, don't quote me. I looked it up before the show, and I don't have it fresh up and available. But still, it's gonna be hard for Maxayo to get on the inside. Yes, he has a lot of power. Yes, when he lands those hooks people crumble and get all chicken leggy and shit. Is he going to be able to make up that distance with his footwork to get land those hooks that those wild hooks that he'd be throwing? Is it going to work? Is he going to be able to land something flush on the chin of Ray? I do not know. Ray moves very well. That footwork is amazing. That head movement is amazing. His hand speed is amazing. 
the all the millions of angles which he throws punches from is amazing. It's going to be a very tough fight for Mark McSayo and a very tough fight for Ray. It's going to be tough for both of them. Ray could get knocked out. McSayo could get outboxed for 12 rounds. I don't see I I don't see uh, Ray knocking out McSayo or anything like that. I see if Ray wins, it's going to be a 12 round win. If McSayo wins, it's going to be a knockout. If it goes 12 rounds, I think Ray got this W. Yeah, look, uh, if it goes 12 rounds, I mean, Ray Vargas is able to stink out the joint. He uses that height. He uses that reach. You quoted Mike Sayo's height and reach. He's only five foot six, Kenny, for our metric brothers and sisters. I'm a metric guy myself. That's 168 centimeters. All right, with a 68-inch reach, that's 173 centimeters. All right? He's taking on Ray Vargas, and as you pointed out, Ray, has a significant height advantage. He's five foot ten and a half, nearly 180 centimeters, 70 and a half reach. Again, nearly 180 centimeters. He's got the height advantages. All right. He's 35 and O, 22 KOs. This is going to be a very tough fight for Mark McSayo. My hope is that it's not a very tough fight for the fans, as in to watch. Because if Ray Vargas decides, he he also has a very good chin, by the way. If Ray Vargas decides to box tall, get behind that long jab, and move, it's going to be a very tough night for Mark McSayo. Mark McSayo has a jab and work to the body. He also has speed. He's got good feet. All right? So it's a tough one. Right, Smallsy says he'd love to see McSaw win this one, but Vargas will be tricky. McSaw has trouble adjusting sometimes. Russell won several rounds with one hand. <laughs> Spoken like a true teach right there. That's spot on the money from Smallsy. Right, Team Batman says, really looking forward to this fight. Very even and hard to predict to me. There you go. Um, Dury Jr., he says Vargas, Vargas, will him, Vargas will gas him, then pass him. Look, he's got he's got heart, he's got the skills, he's got the height, he's got the reach, he's got the chin, and he also doesn't mind stinking out the joint to win fights. All right, and when people say, "Oh, my master, the typical Mexican style of boxing," what Mexican style? You've got guys from Mexico that can box, Finito Lopez, right? Being 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 one of the best. I mean, there's so many Mexican guys that can box, classic box and move. Um, but that that gets drowned out some of the times. But this is this he's from that cloth, right? The early Juan Manuel Marquez under Nacho Beristain. Box and move, box and move, counter punch. Right? So it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens here, Kenny. Uh, I love to see Maxayo. He's stepping in the right direction. He's, a, he's stepping up his level of opposition, doing what he should be doing. If, if he wins this fight, that's that's huge for him. That's huge. Yeah, and I mean, you can't really knock the dude. I mean, he just fought Gary Russell Jr., right? Now he's fighting a really top-level guy in Ray Vargas, right? And it's a really good division because guess what? Navarrete's at 126. Guess what? We just saw a guy knock out Abraham Supernova. I'm talking about Robesi Ramirez. He's at 126. Lee Wood, who we saw 
Knockout Mike Conlon, he's at 126. There are guys at 126 that can make this very, very interesting. I just hope we get to see the fights, Kenny. All right? I just hope we get to see these fights. All right? I don't see any reason why we wouldn't, bro. Well, you know, there's the street, right? We always hear about the street. You know, they can't cross the street, Kenny. Well, we don't like the street in that respect. You know, look, I don't know about you. Well, you you know, as I mean, there's even more traffic where you are, right? People over here, they cross the street on red lights, on yellow lights, on green lights, walk, no, don't walk. So we're not guys that don't cross the street, right? I want to see these guys cross the street and fight each other. That's all I'm saying. I don't see why they wouldn't, only because these young guys seem to be hungry. Like, they want greatness. They, they, they're they not here for uh, can't cross the street talk. No, they're not. And shout out to Dury Jones Jr. He says, Robesi clears 126. I'm convinced. Are you convinced, Kenny? Yo, Robesi's great, man. He looks amazing right now. But, you know, let me, let, let's see a little more. You know, he, he does look great, though. He does look amazing. 100%. So, Kenny, I got, I got something lined up for you. All right? Because I'm going to ask you to give your opinion on this, and then I'm going to give mine. All right? We're halfway through the year. Doesn't time fly? It's already July. That means we're halfway through the year. So it means that there's a couple categories that I'd like to go through. Literally a couple. Because the ones that really matter to me are fight of the year and knockout of the year. All right. So I'm going to let's start with knockout of the year, Kenny. All right. I've got some candidates for you and for all of the people here. Watching live on Mano a Mano. All right. And I'm going to ask you guys, after watching these highlights, all right, to go in and and give us your thoughts. All right. Give us your thoughts on knockout of the year. Are you ready for the first knockout of the year candidate, Kenny? Let's do it. Contestant number one. Contestant number one. All right, we're talking about the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. Here we go. Left hand to the body from Dillian White. And there we go. Number one, the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, stopping Dillian White live at Wembley in front of over 90 thousand fans candidate number two you ready kenny let's go for it here we go candidate number two coming up we've got nonito donare getting knocked out by the monster in the way live at the saitama sports arena in saitama japan So we got two candidates, the Gypsy King Tyson Fury. We got Naoya Inoue, okay? The monster. The monster. All right, I got another one lined up for all of the the, the comrades here in Maestro. Ah, with my main comrade, Kenny T. 
All right, I got another one lined up for all of the people. Contestant right, number three. Contestant number three. This one actually just happened, uh, funny enough, this past weekend. All right, uh, it's Isaac Hardman KOing the Australian. I'm sorry to do this to you, Smallsy. The Australian Bo Hartas. Check it out. Here we go. All right, and that is the third candidate. All right, I got one more for you guys lined up, and this was a big one, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not, I'm not leading the witness here, but this was a big one too. They're all big ones, but this was a, this was definitely a big one. All right. Here we go. Leewood, Mike Conlon Jr. Check it out. As they flare away in the center of the ring. Lee Wood is doing exactly what he needed to do, what I was asking him to do. And he's going for broke. And he's having some say. It's over. It's all over. After a minute and 20 seconds. Ding the bell. Those were the candidates, Kenny. All right. And I'm going to go through them for everybody. Uh, I probably should have set up a poll for this one. You think I should set up a poll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, 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 let them vote. Let them vote. All right. I'm going to set up a poll. Hold on. I, I, I know which one isn't going to get any votes. All right. So option number one. All right. For KO of the year. All right, we're going to go Fury. Option number two, in a way. Option number three is the Hardman KO. Okay. Option number four is Lee Wood. All right, and KO of the year, I'll let you guys decide. Go for it. Kenny, give me your thought. My thoughts is... uh... Option one and option three shouldn't be on the list. Option one, Tyson Fury knocking out Dillian White. Dillian White looking like a like a dead sea lion at the end of it. I wasn't interested in that. It was an ugly little uppercut that knocked him out anyway. He it, That was a definite win for that man. I don't care about that one. Number two, Nonito and Inoue. That's a very meaningful one right there, especially how it happened so early in the fight. And it was complete destruction for, for Donaire in that fight. The third fight, it was a great knockout, nice short little punch. I'm not interested in it either. For me, it's between option two and option four, that being Wood, Conlon, and Nonito in a way because that knockout with Conlon was savage. One punch, folded up, falling through the ropes, and he kept on landing these fast little ones. Make sure he, he went through the ropes. Savage, beast. All right. Uh, let, let, let's see how the poll is doing. All right. Um, right now, the poll is saying the people are saying 33 percent fury, 17 percent in a way, Hardman, zero percent and uh, Wood 50 percent. So right now, Wood is leading the way. All right. Annalie Jaramillo says fury easy. 
All right, Team Batman Boxing. I went for Wood considering the circumstances. And putting a guy into the crowd is always hard to beat. Look, I, I got I to keep it real. I love the Wood KO. I really do. But I got to give my vote to the monster in a way, and I'll tell you guys why. He, he did that to a first ballot Hall of Famer. As much as I like the Wood KO, Conlon ain't that. All right? Nonito is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, and, I mean, that, that I mean, they were both brutal, but that's my 1A and that's my 1B. That's my 1A and that's my 1B. Kenny. I'm right on that with you, bro. Factual. Everything you said right now is factual. <clears throat> uh, Nonito Donaire is a, a, a known beast, a savage a person that we thought was going to come back and actually knock out uh, in the way. A lot of people were saying that in the media. Oh, no, Donaire's going to win by knockout. You just see. You just wait and see. I never thought that. But come on. The way that in the way finished him, what was it, within two rounds, three rounds? Uh, uh, I think it was two. Two rounds. Two yeah. rounds. Like, he, knocked him out. He, he, he knocked them down hard at the end of the first. And then the, the second round, it was just one-way traffic in a way. He did what he had to do to a legend. I'm I'm going right with you. And you already know 1A and 1B makes perfect sense because they were both amazing knockouts, but the level of opposition is just different. And the level, the both guys that were fighting in, in the way Donaire are both better than Wood and Conlon. So it is what it is. Well, there you go. There you go. So look, uh, I'm going to drop the link in case anybody wants to join us. All right, it's about that time. It's actually past that time. And also, I'm going to open up the lines in case anybody feels the need to call in. All right. Um, 718-618-4284. All right. Again, that's 718-618-4284 as I type it out over here so that everybody can see it and call in. I got to ask you this, Kenny. Fight of the year. Am I wrong in saying that the fight of the year so far, and this is a yes or no for you and for everybody else here. Am I wrong in saying that the fight of the year so far was Wood Conlon? Mm, nah, I mean, what are the other possibilities? What are the other candidates for fight of the year? That fight was action the entire time. The entire fight was action and it ended in a knockout. I didn't expect the knockout to come after all that. And no, I mean to me, I mean the the, the fight this past weekend with Bradis uh, Opatia was actually pretty good. But here's the thing: Conlon was looking like a savage early on in that fight. He looked like he was ready to knock out Lee Wood, and Lee Wood was like struggling to get back in, but kept moving forward, kept going to the body, never gave up, and then literally turned the tides late in that fight and ended it by putting his opponent through the ropes. It, 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 it was a comeback fight. I don't think, uh, well, let me just say this. It's going to be very difficult to top that one. Early candidate for fight of the year. I said that. And it sounds, it sounds like you agree. You agree with me on that one too, Kenny. 100%. Uh, there's no fight that has gone that long of a distance with such 
back and forth action for the entirety of the fight so far this year. I think hands down, it, it, it would be the fight. Unless you have another candidate you want to bring up to the table. I just can't think of well, any. I can't think of a candidate. Smallsy's mentioning one, but I got to keep it real with Smallsy. All right, Smallsy, you say, Maestro, I know you think it's a robbery, but I prefer Taylor Serrano. I don't really, I, I thought Serrano won. I'm not going to use the robbery term, but here's my thing with that fight. It's a different sport. That's the women's fight of the year for me so far. I don't like to cross-pollinate, and I'll tell you why. Uh, beyond the fact that it's men and, and women, it's also 10 two-minute rounds versus 12 three-minute rounds. You know, um, it was a great fight, but to me, I, I've said this many times on this channel, that's like me talking about the World Cup and people bringing up the Women's World Cup or me talking about, you know, the Greek freak uh, had the best performance in a, in a single season game this year. And somebody talk uh, is talking to me about uh, a, a grain or whatever from the WNBA. I respect both, but it, it's a different sport as far as I'm concerned. So I, I, that's definitely women's fight of the year for me so far. Although, given what we've been talking about early in the show, Clarissa Shields, Savannah Marshall might be giving it a run for its money. And I hope it does because I want to see a good fight. Kenny. I definitely want to see a good fight, but who, who knows? There's a lot of emotions involved. When a lot of emotions are involved, a lot of dirty, roughhousing, wrestling type shit happens. But they're both professionals. They can both box very well. So I do think we're in for a hell of a great fight. And the other thing I was going to ask you, Kenny, of the fights remaining this year that have been announced, which one uh, is piquing your interest the most? And even the ones that are rumored that might happen. So I'm going to throw out some names for you, right? Canelo Triple G. Spence Crawford, AJ Usyk 2. Well, what are you looking forward to the most out of those three fights? Spence Crawford, hands down. Uh, I, I, we, 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 we saw Canelo Triple G twice. It's his third time. Yeah, it's at 168 for all the marbles. Uh, but look. Crawford Spence, we ain't seen that. We've been waiting for that. We This trash talk has been going back and forth forever at the welterweight division. Let's do it for all the belts at 147. Let's make it happen. We saw AJ Usyk, and I think we have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen in the rematch. Uh, so, look, Crawford Spence, that's the fight that needs to happen. That's what I'd be most excited if it did happen. I, I, it needs to get signed. This, this nonsense needs to stop. I agree with you, and I'm going to add it to this because I I love watching and listening to Eddie Hearn. Uh, I love the way he talks up his fights, the ones he's involved in. I love the way he gives his interviews and gives access to people. I've had the pleasure of interviewing him myself a few times. I wholeheartedly disagree with his statement that, that came out. He's been quoted as saying that, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's pretty much a direct quote. Triple G and Canelo, that that's a fight between two legends. And Errol Spence Jr. and Bud Crawford is a fight between two elite boxers. And that, 
you know, the first one is a way bigger fight than the second one. I, I disagree in a, in a few ways. Number one, there's no way in hell Triple G is a legend and Bud Crawford and Errol Spence Jr. not legends. Stop it. Stop it. Okay, I, you can argue that Canelo's a legend and that Bud and 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 that that Bud and and uh and Errol Spence Jr. are elite and not quite there yet and need this fight to become a legend. But don't tell me that Triple G's a legend and that these two guys are legends. Triple G's been a legend for you know, claiming that interim and Reggie belt title defenses somehow allowed him to surpass Carlos Monzon, Marvin Hagler, and Bernard the Executioner Hopkins for all-time title defenses. Stop it. All right, that's number one. Uh, so if if Triple G's a legend, then they're definitely legends. Or if you're going to say that they're just elite, then at the end of the day, Triple G is a guy that used to be elite. But we don't know if he's elite or not right now. And we need to see that against Canelo. Because guess what? The guy that I saw fight Zerometa, that guy ain't, ain't elite. Because the guy that I saw fight Devrinchenko, and I thought he got beat by Devrinchenko, that guy isn't isn't elite, not right now. Now, people say, oh, my hamstring, he went out to Tokyo and beat up Morada. That makes him elite. Okay. But if that, make, if, sorry, if that makes him a, a, a legend, then how the hell are, are Bud and, 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 and Errol Spence Jr. not legends? So you can tell me that it's a bigger fight financially. For, okay. I guess it is, right? Because it brings in more of the casuals, I guess, right? But Kenny, right before we bring on Puro Sur, because he's waiting to come in, uh, is he elite and, and they're not? Is he a legend and they're not? Why is that a bigger fight, a better fight, than, than Bud Crawford against Errol Spence Jr.? It's not a bigger, better fight. It's probably a, a fight that's going to uh, bring in more finances. It'll probably have some crazy-ass pay-per-view fans, uh, pay-per-view numbers and such, because like you said, it brings in the casuals. The people who don't even watch boxing are talking about, oh, my God, Canelo versus Triple G a third time. Oh, my God, oh, my God. And everybody's going to be watching. There's going to be fight parties. It's probably going to be the bigger money fight. But is it the bigger fight for boxing, for boxing fans? No, it's not. It's not. We've all been waiting for Arrow Spence versus Terrence Crawford. We saw Canelo versus Triple G twice. It's the third time. We do, we don't care no more. Okay, cool. He may knock him out. He may not. Shit. Triple G may or may not retire. Who knows? He's probably going to ask for a Triple G Canelo 4. They was talking about Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, how they was going to be fighting at the age of 40-something, 50. That's going to be Triple G asking Canelo for fights. Let's do it four times. Let's do it five times. Like, yo, stop it. We've seen it enough times. Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence, that is the fight. They are both legends. Maybe not as big of legends as Canelo, but they will get there. They're they're much young, younger, and they're building. Now, uh, after this fight, if they get it out the way and they move up to 154 and all the different fighters and fights that they can have in those other weight classes, I think it opens up the legendary talk. As And as you said, I don't think Triple G is in that legendary conversation. Definitely. Is. We, we agree on that one. We definitely agree on that one. It is what it is. Let, let's get this uh, Crawford versus Spence fight going. Not- they're young. They're younger. They're younger than Triple G. They're not younger than Canelo. I'm pretty sure Canelo's younger than than both of them. But 
the, the, ex, the expiry date is fast approaching on this fight. We need to see it soon. Uh, Puro Sur, what are your thoughts, fam? What's going on, fellas? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, loud and clear, Bredgen. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, what category are we on, or, or what are we talking about? Well, you can talk about anything you want. It, it's oh, okay. the line is yours, fam. Go, go for it. Cool. No, I just wanted to say what's up to, to, to you, Maestro, and Kenny. What's going on? I uh, heard you guys were talking about the Triple G and uh, Canelo fight, the, the third one. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Who you guys got? Who you guys got? The third Canelo fight. I got Canelo all the way. Kenny? Yes, sir. Same. The Canelo as well? Even possibly by knockout. I, I hope he gets a knockout so we don't hear about the Canelo versus Triple G 4, 5, and 6. Well, I'm, with that, I'm with that party. Yeah, Annalise calling it a cash out for Triple G. I saw somebody earlier talking about how uninterested he looks in this whole promotion. I mean, I saw him. I saw him up there. He he didn't look all that that interested. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But right. but, but can, uh, the guy that I saw again getting tagged up because Murata had some success against him early. All right. Yeah. Uh, Zarameta, okay, he had some success, but doesn't really hit that hard. Uh, and then obviously you you got um, uh, Devrinchenko, who I thought actually beat him. Right, the guy that I saw there doesn't beat this version of Canelo. What? Because Canelo lost to a guy that's much bigger than him and highly skilled at light heavyweight means he's going to lose to a forty year old Gennady Golovkin. I'm not. Right? Buy, I'm not. I'm not buying that. Me neither. I mean, before. Literally in his prime and is an elite light heavyweight. Right? Big boy. Big boy. Big, big, big dude right there compared compared to Golovkin, who's 40 years old, way past his prime, right? Way past the Reggie Belt defenses. All right, way past the era where he dropped the title because he didn't want to defend it against Devrinchenko and ended up fighting a blown up Vanis Martiroshin. We're way past that level of Triple G. You telling yeah, me who's gonna be they're gonna be Canelo? I I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Neither am I. He's not even the same fighter that he was uh, back when uh, they were both like you know uh, giving us great fights. One hundred percent. And people talk about the biggest KO streak of of any uh, uh, middleweight. Okay, like against who? And in how many fights? Have you guys seen how many more fights? Monsoon and Hagler and, and, and these guys had? Or, or I mean, what does that even mean? Like, B-Hop wasn't even a power puncher. So what if Triple G has more KOs percentage than him against lower-level competition? I, I'll tell you one thing that's for sure. Go for it. He's nowhere near as terrible as Sordo. Oh, stop it. You don't like Sordo, Kenny? Stop it with this. Stop it. Look, I, I I don't know if you caught any of the tears I was doing, Kenny, where I was categorizing people in tears, right? I, I put Zurdo in elite, all right? Uh, above, above above contender status. Zurdo is elite. Stop it. Damn. You want I agree. You to take jabs at me. He's who? Elite against who? Truck driver? You make me bring out Krusty. Uh, look at his resume, Kenny. <laughs> don't make me bring him out. It's all truck drivers, man. He's fought nobody but truck drivers. He's got some good wins, Kenny. Like, uh, like he he beat a uh, Glass Glassov, was it? Uh, he beat Arthur Abraham. 
you know, um, who else he beat? Um, Sullivan Barrera. I mean, I know he's not like the the greatest oh, version of him, but he's got he's got some decent wins on his resume, to be honest. Talk to him. Talk to him, Pudo. I, I, I don't give him credit for any of those wins. Two times against. Why Jesse. not? Two times. Because those aren't great fighters. They're okay fighters. You don't you don't get credit for fighting okay fighters and then going to fighting truck drivers uh, like Unieski, like uh, uh, what was the boy said? Former, former Cuban amateur standout Unieski Gonzalez. That, that was having an asthma attack during the fight. Put some respect on his name. Who was gassed out? Who who was landing monster punches on on, on Surlo? Stop it. Batman says, he's on Team Kenny's on this one. He says, Zurdo is the most padded uh, record in boxing. Stop it. It's what no about more- uh, in his prime, Vlasov? On the one side of his mouth, this guy's talking about Triple G's record, and on the other side of the mouth, Team Batman boxing's talking about Zurdo. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> they, his best win is against David Lemieux. Vlasov is good. Right. No, no, no. I'm talking about Triple G's. Best win is David Lemieux. Facts. Right? Yes, sir. Yes, I agree. Give me a better name than David Lemieux. Huh? There is none. There is none. Cesa. Cefini. You telling me Cefini. That's finished. <laughs> David Lemieux is, 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 is his best opponent. Cesa. Cefini. Tetua. Let's go. Zurdo, put some respect on Zurdo's name if you're going to no, be no. talking about you're going to be talking about Triple G on the other side of your mouth. Come on. Stop it. Stop. Look, tri- Triple G gets more respect than Zurdo. Stop it. Nah. Well, uh, okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> Triple, Triple G gets more respect than Zurdo. 40-year-old well, Triple G? Equal, equal. 40-year-old Triple G. Triple G and Zuldo fought at 168. I got Triple G winning. Tetwa. <laughs> right now we're in their prime. <laughs> that's, that's, that's friends for be quiet. Stop prime it. or right now, Kenny? <laughs> right now. Right now. You put them together right now, 168. I think Triple G washes Zuldo up. Nah. No, and Triple G has never even fought that one six. Don't make me bring out Krusty again. Don't make me do it. For who? Not for me. You I mean, <laughs> there's no way Triple G's beating Zordo. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, man, no dice. He's really, really big. He's not Canelo where like Canelo has to um compensate um like uh supreme skills for for uh height and weight. You know, this guy's like like way bigger than Triple G. And he has a chin as well. Puro Sud, I'm bringing in Smallsy into the discussion. Smallsy is a fellow teacher down there in the land of, of the dingoes got my baby and the kangaroos and all that good stuff. Australia. What's good, Smallsy? Hey, Master. Hey, Kenny. Hey, Puro Sur. Um, Now, Master, I got to take issue with the, <laughs> the shade that you're giving to Triple G. Okay. Um, well, let me ask you this. Now, Triple G obviously grew up in Kazakhstan. Yeah. Um, spent many, much of his career there, was an outstanding amateur, outstanding yep. pro. But when did he first get any real notoriety? Uh, here in the United States, it was around the time that he, he like got the big push uh, by HBO where, where, where he was fighting. Um, you know, he was fighting on, on HBO for a minute. So and it was. So- 
Yeah. It would have been around that time. It was around the time, you know, if I'm going to go off the top of my head, I'd say it was around the time of like the Daniel Gale performance. Um, maybe he's, People started really talking about him. You go a little bit further than that. I don't know, like the Prosca win or, or but I mean, the first time I really saw him was when he fought Kasim Uma. Um, and that was a really tough fight. It was a good fight. But, I mean, when you look at the names on his record, I mean, the biggest name on his record is the guy that 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 beat him and got a draw with him. I understand people think that he won the fight, but once you get beneath that, right, the iceberg is is composed of a lot of guys that people don't really rate as 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 highly as you'd think they would when they're talking about Triple G. Yeah, no, and I think part of the problem is that the boxing game wasn't kind to Triple G because he the first time that he got like you're right, he was he was a darling of the hardcores from 2012 or around there. But that was a time when every big fighter was avoiding him like the plague. And you know, him and I had think him and Chocolatito did their sort of their, their hardcore cards that, you know, like we love to watch, but he wasn't and then I think the first if I look at this honestly, I he got the um he got the his name's escaping me now. The British guy, the British welterweight. Um, Brooks. Yeah. So you got the Brook fight, which was a big fight, but didn't really prove much at middleweight. And then I think the first fight that you'd look at and you'd go like, this is a, a real middleweight like accomplishment was the Danny Jacobs fight, right? Yeah. And he didn't get there until he was 35 years old. If yeah. you look back at the, these other guys that we're talking about, I mean, Canelo's had big fights since he was a, basically a teenager or close to it. Um, Monzon got, he got the Benvenuti fight when he was 28. And, you know, that was a massive fight at the time. And um, triple, imagine if, imagine if Monzon didn't get a Benvenuti fight till he was 35, or if Canelo didn't get the triple G fight till he was 35, we'd probably be saying the same thing or, or, or even, you know, see them even less highly. So what Triple G's done, even he's only had 35 to 40 to get those really big fights. And if we just look at what he's been able to do in that time, can you show me someone else who's from the ages 35 to 40 has managed to accomplish what Triple G's done, arguably winning at least one of those. So basically, we're giving him the award for the equivalent of like boxing's PGA senior tour or like when you see... Connors and McEnroe like swinging rackets at one another at 50 plus like the equivalent of that but if, I'll give it to you like he, he's and will you talk about accomplishments of above 35 year old middleweight I guess it's b-hop number one triple g number two I'll, I'll look into it a little bit more I mean but what I will say is this does anyone remember what Dimitri P- Pirog did to to Daniel Jacobs slept him juxtapose that with what happened between Triple G and Daniel Jacobs? I know, that Pirog one, that was one out of the box. That, that was, you know. Pirog did a number on Daniel Jacobs, okay? Let's talk about Triple G against Devrinchenko versus, I don't know, Jamal Charlo against Devrinchenko. Whose performance was more impressive? Yeah, no, I won't argue with you on that. Um, I mean, and people aren't even rating Jamal Charlo that that crazily, are they? Right? I mean, we're giving him no, ability, ability, no, 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 ability, no. But in terms of you know, uh, a frequency of fights, level of opposition, you know, uh, 
he's on par with, with, with Triple G's recent run, literally. I mean, Triple G was sitting on the bench for a long while waiting for the Canelo payday. He want payday, right? And then ended up going out to Japan for another payday, right? When there was zero effort made to fight like an Andrade, even though Andrade was on show, uh, was on uh, the zone with him and was calling out for the fight, you know? So a lot of this run is 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 comprised of wins against guys who other people don't get as much credit for beating, like, David Lemieux slept Curtis Stevens. Triple G gets mad credit for beating Curtis Stevens, right? Uh, you know, what, Matthew Macklin he beat, right? Darren Barker. I mean, these aren't like all-time middleweight greats. They're not even like the greatest middleweights of the era. I understand the default position being, well, nobody wanted to fight him, right? So therefore, he had to take on like what? Gabe Rosado and that level. But that's who he fought, Right? But that that's just my opinion. Like it, I can't I can only go what's in front of me. I can't go with what coulda, shoulda, woulda happened if, you know, he left Kazakhstan earlier and, you know, you know, shortened his amateur career and whatever, whatever, whatever. But the floor is yours. Go for it. Oh, one thing. He he gets zero forgiveness for Vines Madarosian and Steve Rose. Zero that's forgiveness. He, he, those could have been uh, uh fights where he could have replaced with big names and big fights, and instead he fought Vines Matarosian and Steve Rose. The Vines was a bad look. He binned the IBF title to not fight Devrinchenko because he was still hoping for the Canelo payday and instead binned it and fought Matarosian who came up from a lower weight class. That's when I was like all the way off the the the, the choo-choo all-time great rhetoric type stuff. Let me go. Let me go to uh, to, to Nando because I know he's he's got a lot of got a, a lot of comments on Triple G. Nando says finger pointing and excuses will be Triple G's legacy. Would some folks still be belly aching over one close decision if G's resume weren't so flimsy? Ding the bell for Nando. <laughs> Nando's always shooting shots straight on the money. Go for it. I don't know who was up next. I think it was Puro Sur. I mean, uh, if memory serves, I, I think before Canelo was like uh, viably in the picture, I think uh, Triple G was like literally fighting everybody in his division. Uh, I mean, they weren't like uh, like um, like world beaters, but they were, you know, what, what was there. Uh, I think the only one that like right now that still exists that was like uh, a viable option when, when he was uh, – at the beginning of his reign, or maybe at the middle of his reign, was uh, Demetrius on, uh, Andrade. I don't remember if they offered him a contract. Or you, you know how Boo Boo, there's, uh, you know, like um, how he got his titles. You know, he pulled out of this fight. People are ducking him, stuff like that. So I actually don't remember um, if they ever, like, offered him a shot or, or if he earned one or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, if, if I remember correctly, at, uh, um, before he fought, Can- uh, before he fought, uh, excuse me, um, Canelo, I think he already had 19 straight defenses of the title, if I'm not mistaken. No, absolutely not. Because at least on this channel, we don't count interim and WBA Reggie Belt title defenses as part of the list of like all time title defenses. We don't do that over here. So <laughs> like, we, we, we don't do that over here, Puroso. Like we're gonna start when he mm-hmm. the full version of a, of a championship belt. But well, the, the, the triple G, the triple G lovers, they they love to start counting with the interim title, and then continuing it 
with the Reggie belt. Acting as if that's like a legit, and then they'll say, "Oh, my ass gone." Nobody wanted to fight him, so I have to count that belt. No, <laughs> no, and, and that's not the reason I bring it up. Actually, just for for context and just for kind of like, um, just to know where he was at, at that point. I think uh, Reggie Belt or not Reggie Belt. I think he'd already defended a version of the belt. I believe when the Canelo fight was signed, a nineteenth time, right? Or am I tripping? Uh, I'd have to go in and count off the top of my head. I don't know, but I want to respond to Team Batman Boxing. He said he had 21 KOs in a row. And Berlanga had 16 first-round KOs in a row. And what? I was going to say that, yeah. (laughs) And what? Stop it. See, I mean, look, I could go back and forth with the Triple G people all day, to be honest with you. Uh, But, look, there's no no doubt about it. He's a high-level fighter, right? I agree with that, Stormzy. Uh, sorry, Stormzy. That's a rapper. Smallsy. Oh, I'll uh, take Stormzy any day. I'll take Stormzy. Yeah. I, I agree with the fact that he started his career late. I agree with the fact that for a guy between 35 and 40, he did great things. I, I just don't agree with this tag that Eddie's given him that somehow he's legendary. He's a legend. But yet, what? Uh, Crawford and Spence are like some, like, just guys beneath his level. Like, no, absolutely not. But, he said in the fight, man. He That's kind of how we started the discussion. Eddie just wants the big bag. He's he, he's just selling the fight. That's all. You know he's going to say whatever makes his fight see him as the best one on the horizon. So let me ask you guys: uh, KO of the year so far? You saw you saw what we went through, the videos. Any any? Did you disagree or agree with with uh, Inoue? We we had Inoue. Go ahead, brother. Smallsy, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, um, no, I 100% agree in a way. Um, Denier is an all-time great fighter of the lower weights, one of the best of the lower weights, and you don't you don't get a kind of KO like that in two rounds of an all-time great unless you are an all-time great as well. So uh, that's got to be number one. Also, I was rooting for Woods, so I can't bear to watch back the uh, Colin Wood one. So it's definitely in a way for me. Okay, there you go. And and you, uh, Puro Sur? Um, a question because I, I got my dates probably mixed up because it's like kind of the end of the year awards. Uh, yeah. Was the Bronco Lara uh, knockout this year the one that was in San Diego? Bronco Lara in San Diego. Yeah, yeah he it fought. Was, it was this year. It was in March. Okay, yeah. Then that that that's my pick for KO of the mid mid year. About that one. That was on the. If I remember correctly, that was on the undercard of S. No, of uh. Carlos Cuadras and Bam Rodriguez, correct? No, it was on the undercard of uh, Chocolatito and Rey Martinez. Chocolatito and then I'm, then I don't know if it was this year that one. That's a good question. I'll look that up while 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 you guys tell me your fight of the year so far. Well, for me, well, I'm, I'm gonna say. Uh, but go ahead, brother. You, you start first. Go ahead. Well, just like I was saying earlier, I love the Taylor Serrano fight. Um, I know. It, I know it, it, it's sort of, it works a little different to men's boxing. I'm actually one of the people who think that it should stay as uh, two minute rounds. I think it makes the fights more exciting. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the one that just, I had the most emotional investment in and, I, and I liked how the fight went. But Prusso, over to you, man. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. There hasn't been like, in my opinion, like some real, real strong ones. Um, I was uh, actually in Vegas for the Shakur and Valdez. So I was like kind of watching watching the Serrano and, and Taylor fight in bits. 
but that was a very good fight. I just haven't watched it all the way. Um, what was another big fight? I'll say the Serrano and Taylor for the little bit that I saw, man. It looks it like action packed. That's that's fair enough. So I I I can confirm that the Bronco Lara fight was uh, this March, like I thought it was. I just got the card wrong, um, but just because Puro Sword brought it up, I'm gonna go to that highlight over here so you guys can check it out. Uh, actually, let me do this properly. Can't rush things when you got to do them right. Here we go. Uh, we're looking at Bronco Lara, Emilia, Emilio Sanchez. Here we go. Look at this! Incredible action! The maids are number Sanchez. He's buckling. I mean, he definitely he definitely folded it him up, but I, I don't think gonna, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to change my pick, Kenny. Yeah, no, I'm not changing my pick. My pick definitely stays with Inouye and Donaire. Those are two legendary fighters. Small a bit of context, though. A bit of context, real quick, before you go. Uh, Lara was in, on on the verge himself of getting stopped. He literally just got up like 20 seconds uh, pre- previous to do that. Yes, this is true. This is true. Look, I'm not knocking it. I should have included it on the list for sure. So, uh, Smosey, you on summer vacation down there? How does it work in Australia? Yeah, well, it's a little different to the way you guys do it in the States. We get yeah. um, two – We get so we get a, a Christmas holiday, which is our summer, and we yeah. get six weeks off then. And then we have three two-week breaks that are kind of sprinkled throughout the year. So we're, I'm on one of those right now. Awesome, man. So I uh, want to ask you to keep the support. I really appreciate it. And by the way, great job on the Undefeated podcast in, uh, in going jab for jab in your debate. I, I, I thought you did really well on that one. Oh, appreciate it. Hey, um, I love the Manu Manu uh, show. Um, big up, Kenny. Uh, big up, Prusa. And thanks very much for having me, Master. Thank you very much, uh, Smolzi. Much appreciated. And uh, Purosur, uh, any last words? Um, uh, not too much. Uh, uh, shout out to um, what was his name? I'm sorry, the uh, the brother from Australia, Smallsy. Smallsy, uh, uh, shout out to you, Smallsy. Uh, it was uh, nice to meet you. Uh, um, nothing much. Uh, thank you for having me on again, like always. Uh, man, I, I love your guys' show. Um, you guys always fucking kick ass when you guys come on live. Um, but yeah, man, uh, thank you, and um, I'll see you guys next time. Absolutely appreciate it. And I didn't tell uh, Smallsy this, but I appreciate always talking to a fellow teacher. I recently found out that Tony P is also a teacher. Out Tony, there. Tony E, okay? It's Tony Ellerby. Tony <laughs> E. <laughs> All right, Kenny, this was Mano Amano. Any last words? You ready to drop that link? Everybody's got to go check out K.O. Kenny. Just drop that. Thank you all for tuning in. Subscribe to Maestro. Subscribe to me. You already know the link is in the chat. Thank you for tuning in. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. That's it for Mano yeah. Mano up out Tom here. Hearts at the Caesars Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K-Bar, you can be established. A 230s, that's 69s. You can eat a salad while you feed a phallus. I speak in palettes that compete with graphics. At the speed of cheetah gallops at indecent average. Chopsticks when I be eating garrets. Philippe Seaton Barris, you can't see the marriage. 
So I started this in Vegas. Proposed to my toast, Neo's married to the Matrix. But I hate this bitch like I'm married to a racist. An addict, so the kilos get buried in the basements. Speed the wagon like Rio's vicarious, vivacious. Patois, noir, but the Creole is basic. So when I'm around them Haitians, I don't even say shit. Last album sounded like I was signed to a spaceship. Brain was on drugs and my eyes was on LASIK. And the shit got legs, I don't think that I can chase it With rocket power with ASICs But the next one's coming with cases And witness protection facelifts For the fans, why hit them with kabams When a germaphobe jab can wash a nigga with hands I am not in my feelings, I'm in my glands I am not no bitch, I'm in a trance Pandemic gimmicks got niggas all in the scams Panhandling brilliance with lyrics all in their hands Alan Watts got Watts living without a plan but I want the smokes while the kitchen ain't got no fans. L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L